Ready or not, here I come. Hi, welcome to Care to Listen. Care to Listen is a series of podcasts made by care experienced children and young people in the UK. We are travelling across the UK talking to care leavers, experts and activists in the field of childcare who are fighting for better services, rights, equality and understanding. Hi everyone, so my name is Alia and I am the daughter of a family that fosters. As part of Five Rivers Celebration of Foster Care Fortnight, we are here in Sheffield talking to Uzma and Aman about their experience of fostering. Uzma is a foster carer and teaching assistant and has been fostering for three years. Aman, you are Uzma's son, would you also like to tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? So I am a full-time college student and I also work part-time in Tesco. Osma, do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your family and background? Um, my name is Osma and I'm a brother and sisters from a six uh, brother and sisters we are. I'm from a big family myself and I've got three sons. Uh, all three are living with me at the moment. My eldest is at university and my middle boy is at college as well and my young one's going to university next year and I work... Uh, in a local primary school and I'm a chair of governors of a secondary school. Can you tell us what was your motivation to begin fostering? I think it came from the challenges what I faced with my children because my three boys had a lot of uh, learning difficulties uh, and they were very, not naughty children, but very hyper children, all three of them. That made me get involved about 12 years ago uh, where I'd just become a normal lunchtime supervisor in a lo- in my son's school. And that just inspired me to work in a school where I got full-time employment within two years. And that just inspired me to work more and more with children. But I think it was um, just five years ago where I started looking into fostering. And uh, I think it was just in a local shopping centre where I was. And that's where I saw Five Rivers advertising for more foster carers. And I just stood there just talking to who is my social, who was my social worker. I just stood there talking to her. That inspired me that I think I can offer that because I had the room and I think I had the qualities to support the children. Um, and uh, the, it was a decision that I couldn't make on my own. Then I had to come home, talk to my sons, all three of them, that I will go ahead with this if you support me, and which they did. And even till today now, if I have got, if I am successful at fostering, it's not just because of myself, it's because of my three boys. You also work as a TA alongside fostering. How does that work out? It's quite good. It's actually quite, it's, it's been quite beneficial Uh, for the children that I've had because a lot of the children that I have had have had a lot of difficulties in school as well and I think sometimes these children have got a lot of complex needs and some schools don't understand their needs and with me having the background of school and of being a chair of governors I know what these children are entitled to and I have fought for these children and 
it's 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 been hard i'm not gonna say because it's like 24 7 i'm working but it's not stopped me so your family home is quite diverse you are british asian heritage and as a family practice islam does your ethnicity ever affect the type of young people that get placed with you never that's never never had we've never had that we've had uh, all different diversities living we've had indian we've had uh, white british children as well with us it's never we've got a one boy that's placed with us uh, long term he's white british but um, that's never stopped us we celebrate christmas uh, we do easter um, he celebrates all hours with us but we don't encourage him to change his beliefs for what he believes but we do ensure that we do we had a christmas dinner where we invited my entire family and we had a big christmas dinner in my house um but no i don't think that does i think it's because i'm born in england as well and um it's just a part of me that i believe in british values and i think it's my old three boys believe in that cultural diversity as well and we follow that what is the most challenging part of being a foster carer I can't spend time on my phone. <laughs> it's, it sounds funny, but it's just simple things like this. Like um, maybe it, 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 for my first year, I think it was not spending enough time with my own children. But I think we've worked around that within now because it's been nearly four years now I've been foster carer. We spend time ourselves as well in the evenings when the children are asleep or we make time when the boys are at school or... We we do. It's, it's something that we've worked around uh, that I'm giving time. And it's just ensuring that I get my own time. The first year was challenging. But after that, I think I've made a really good support network where I've got at least four or five friends that I can call upon that can babysit, come and sit in my house. Because my children, my foster children do not like respite. They don't like going out and staying with other people. But they don't mind other people coming to our house and whilst they're in their own home, in their home environment. Many people worry that fostering children and young people might cause some sort of tension between your sons and daughters. How have you managed that? I, I agree with that. I think that can cause a lot of... Because there are a lot of uh, siblings, that foster care siblings that um, I, I'm actually supporting at the moment, that some siblings can't understand it. And I'm actually quite lucky to have my three boys who actually the first year was quite challenging um my boys did find it extremely challenging especially where it was it's their house it's their mum they didn't like anybody speaking to their mum like that they didn't like anybody touching their things but I think over a year after that now it's not that it's we're a big family that we can't imagine our house without foster children now it's just I don't know what it'll be like because I don't think we'll have anything to do. Aman, how old were you when your family began fostering? It was four years ago, so I must have been 14, 13, 14 years old. What did you first think when your mum told you you were going to be in a fostering family? Obviously, it came out of nowhere. I had no idea that my mum was interested in all these years that she said. So I remember when I came home, when I was in year nine, where I picked my subjects for what I was going to study for the next two years for my GCSEs. Then when I came home, my mum told me and my brother to sit down in one room and we was going to discuss and talk about something very serious. And then there my mum just, just told me everything about her interest that she's had for many years about fostering. And I was, suddenly I was shocked at that point thinking that 
um, what my mum was at that time, she was a, a teaching assistant at that time as well as she is now. And she had another interest as well in fostering. Did you have any fears? Fears? Yeah, along there was a few foster siblings that caused some tension as well in the house. As my mum, she's learned along the way that how to control the kids. The kids we have right now that, that are living in the house, they're very well settled, so no. What is it like sharing a parent? What is it like sharing a parent? It's, it's, not, it's not as surprising as it sounds because, because of what the kids have been through past, in their past, troubled pasts. Like, so when they've lived in the house right now with, with my mum, my mum's obviously been there, we've all been there as a family. So yeah, it is nice living like having like having more than one parent for the kids, because because what you see from them, they are they're changing themselves completely from where they've been before. So um, yeah, it's very nice to see, very nice to see. What has fostering taught you? Fostering's fostering's taught me many things. Like it's taught me many things. So the main thing it's taught me is is how many troubled kids unnoticed. The topic about fostering is being brought up a lot now in this country and in many other countries that I'm very happy to take care of, and um, because because the rewards you get out of they've not received the right care, uh, parent support, their education, their friends they've had no friends in the past, but as of now where they've lived here in this house, they we we brought them we've raised them up to the right standards of how it is to live as a family together like they've. The community they are in right now, as of um, the kids that we have right now, is they, they tell me every day that that they absolutely love living here. The community they go to, the friends they've made across in the neighborhood, yeah, is it's amazing. How does it feel when a child moves on? Yeah, it's it gets emotional at times, very emotional. Like from what I've from what I've experienced, my first the first foster siblings that we had in this house. Four years ago, um, it was it, it was uh, I'd say about six seven months they've lived here. Then they went back to their dad's house, and then from when they were leaving that day, it was very emotional because we literally classed them as brother and sisters. My my own brother and sister, my younger brother and sister, and still to this day they still come and visit to our house. But yeah, it is very emotional because you get very attached to them along very well as a family. So, Do you think you will go on to foster when you are older? I don't know what my future holds for me because there are I have as of course my own career aspirations in which I want to achieve and I don't know where that's going to take me but as of right now of what I know of what fostering is and what the rewards are of what what the impact it has on changing the the foster kids yeah I'd love to Can you think of some of the fondest memories of being part of a fostering family There's there's been a lot of memories in the past year that I would I'll always cherish like a lot of tr- a lot of kids that we've had in the past. They've, I know it sounds surprising, but they've never been to a theme park. They've never been to a swimming center. They've never been to a football match. They've never done things that you normally expect to do. And and w- once we have done these with these foster kids, they they always remember this. They'll always cherish this as much as we cherish this with them. Cherish these moments. It just it just brings a smile to my face. Uzma. What skills do you think you have that made you such a strong and positive foster carer? My three boys. It's uh, just 
I think I re- I think I've done a good job with my sons, uh, and then working in a school. Those are the sk- skills what I think uh, helps me st- even till now. And I don't I think if I was in a school, I don't know if I would be a foster carer. I think just being around children, just uh, I'm very passionate about. On behaviour is something that. Um, really I get inspired by I don't believe in naughty children there is no such word as naughty children there is something behind them why they are naughty that's their way of screaming out to you that there's something behind what they are dealing with or what they've gone through and I think working in a school for where it is for where I am working at the moment because that's a diverse school um, it's just that my passion for behavior I think it, that that's always there. Can you tell us one of your fondest memories of being a foster carer? When uh, your foster child can is able to come and tell you something, and they say to you that we trust you, that is that is something for a child to say, and then it is it's because it, even your own children sometimes can't talk to you, and when foster children are able to sit with you and say can we just have one minute with you and then they talk to you about their family or if they're worried about something about their parents or something and for them to confide in you and talk not against their family but just to talk about their family that is something that I just think I'm doing a really good job or or especially when somebody compliments that this is not a foster home yours. This doesn't look like, none of these look like your foster children. And I just think, I don't realise sometimes how well these boys are settled. Um, And that's what really inspires me, just thinking that I'm doing a good job. And I get complimented by the social workers uh, and my friends and families. What changes needed to take place when you started, when you began fostering? It was just simple things. It was just um, safeguarding was my main concern because uh, my three boys are very loving, they're very hugging and everything. So it's just about, I had to ensure telling my boys that just simple things like you can't get under the same blanket. So even downstairs where we sit in the, where they've got the TV, everybody's got their own blanket. It was just simple things like these that we I had to put into place. Well, once we've done them, Everything's just like, I'm not saying it's a robot house, but everything just sails by. And if I'm not here, it still happens because children are in a routine. My boys are in a routine. Everybody knows what they're doing. And it's not mad. Were there any household rules that needed to be... Yes, there were. Yeah, there were. There were. I wouldn't call them household rules. I just think it was just some um, telling them... That what what is allowed to do what we what is allowed to do in this house and what should be allowed to do it was just simple things like picking your plate up, um, put your chair under the table, making sure you just pick your mess up just simple things that's the rules I've got simple and and it's really once you just do that yes it's about five six weeks it takes for a child to learn and adapt themselves to it once they do it actually everything just settles down and then by the time the next foster child I've I've got four in placement with me but when the next child comes actually the previous child that's been in care with me actually supports me to settle the next child so I don't call them rules I just think they're just 
routines, not rules, routines. Aman, what were the top three? What are the top three tips that you would give to other children who foster when times are tough? The top three things I'd advise them is you've got to have patience because there are a lot of troubled kids out there and then when they come and live with you, there are going to be some tensions and then and then as you are patient with them, they'll they'll adapt with you. Um, patience, you've got, you've got to give time to them. You've got to give your own time to them. You've got to have passion for it. You can't just do it just because, just for the fun of it. You've got to have the passion of it to change their lives. If you had any messages for people who are interested in fostering, what would your message be? If you have space in your house, because it's not about, I, I believe that fostering, it, it's not that nobody can do it, everybody can do fostering. It's about finding your strengths and getting the right support, get your training, get advice, ask for help. And if you've got that time, go for it. Because there are a lot of children out there that need to be in foster care. They need the support of a foster care because they're not in the right placement. They haven't got the right support. So I, I my advice is that if you've got the space, go for it. Thank you very much for meeting us. It was nice talking to you. Thank you, Alia. Thank you very much, Alia. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Five Rivers Curtelism podcast. This podcast has been produced by the members of the Democratic Group, representing the views of people from Five Rivers Child Care Limited. Music by Rick Flow, track Hide and Seek, courtesy of Rick Flow.